Here we go. Welcome, ladies and gents, to another Queen Deep Dive. I'm really excited. We kicked off side two of Queen's seventh album, Jazz, on my last dive. Dead on time. Jazz released in 1978, one of my favorites from the boys and certainly their funnest collection of works, one of their most diverse. And I feel like today is super special. I mean, everything the guys do is interesting and creative and expressive, but I don't often use the word special. And the reason I think this is so special is because it's such a one-off in its feel, in its atmosphere, in its delivery. There's things happening here that never happen again. There's a delivery from Freddie vocally that is so sweet. This is so sweet, really. This is track number eight on the album Jazz. And this is the first time Oh, excuse me, the second time (laughs) we've heard from Mr. John Deacon, bassist of Queen. Previously, we got If You Can't Beat Them from this wonderful man. And here is something totally different than that hard rockin' number. This is actually one of my favorites from him. If I was gonna rank John Deacon's compositions, this is probably close to the top. This is In Only Seven Days. Dive number 75. I just realized it's dive number 75. Can you believe it? I've talked about 75 Queen songs and here we are. Track number eight on the album though, and this is In Only Seven Days. That feels wrong, (laughs) but that's okay. We're gonna keep rocking along with this one. Such a special, sweet song. And this was actually the B-side to the Don't Stop Me Now UK single release, January 26, 1979. This was the B-side. So this had a little bit more exposure than many of Queen's deeper tracks. And I think that's why some fans latched onto this a little more. Of course, nowadays you can stream, listen to just about anything whenever you want. So of course, this song has found new life via those more modern avenues as well. We are at a very comfortable, perfect 115 beats per minute. But here's the thing, you guys. That tempo would be if the song were in 4-4 common time, but it's really not. This is where it gets really interesting. So yes, this is a very simple song. It's very sweet. On the surface, it's very simple. But there's a lot of complexity going on in the rhythms. And even the chords, the transitions are very strategically placed, but they're so effortless, which we've come to realize is just a thing. I think it's just an innate thing for these guys to create songs this way. So this song is actually in 8-8. More specifically, it's in, stay with me, three plus three plus two, eight, compound meter. To give you a more modern example, this is like Coldplay's clocks. 
one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two. But there's eight beats in the measure. This is also called a ragtime rhythm. And we hear this in other Queen songs too. In fact, one of them is on this album, Leaving Home Ain't Easy. We haven't talked about it yet. Also, Cool Cat, which is a ways down the road in our dives. And of course, the beloved, these are the days of our lives. So yeah, this compound meter is a little bit more common than you might think, but you don't realize it as a casual listener, even as a huge, massive mega fan, it's not something that immediately jumps out at you, but this compound meter adds so much structure and expression to the way everything is phrased within this song. And for all that complexity in the time signature and in the meter, this is only in one key, D major. And we're singing about a crush and infatuation and that short-lived excitement it brings before heading back to reality. Basically, Summer Lovin' had me a blast. (laughs) I realize that's a totally different song, totally different thing, but very applicable to what we're singing about here. This special, bright thing, dreamy, nostalgic, almost magical John's second contribution to jazz in only seven days takes us in this new queen direction. And it's a contrast not just to John's previous jazz number, that heavier and rock-oriented, if you can't beat them. It's more restrained and soft. In general, no layered vocals here, just Freddie. And he's optimistic and hopeful. The edge and insistence of those previous numbers is entirely absent, leaving behind like a boyishly giddy and gorgeously clear tone. John, as he often does in his own numbers, gives us acoustic guitar in addition to bass, also dabbles on electric guitar. Brian isn't forgotten, though, providing colors of sound that create an orchestral arrangement of guitars around us. His lyrical approach shines in its harmonies and soaring notes here. Very, very much so. On full display, Freddie's piano is an echoing dream and a twinkly delight. Roger, in a rare move, is quite subdued, restrained on drums, but it's just as it should be. His percussion is always impeccable, no matter the genre. And here it's lighter and brighter. And as we would expect, Our writer, John, gives us a bass line that dances far away from the safety of the tonic, impresses in surprisingly melodic arrangements. Or maybe it's not so surprising. I've said that so many times about John's songs, especially his songs, that the bass lines are incredibly complex and very unique in the bass world. This is one of Queen's easiest songs to listen to. This dances through a dream come true, heavy on emotion and joy, but tinged with melancholy at its conclusion. It's the perfect breath of fresh air after jazz's harder rock and core, which is made up of Let Me Entertain You, followed by Dead on Time, which we just talked about. So talk about shifting on our heels here. We are going in an entirely different direction. And it's a welcome one. But sadly, I don't have a whole lot more to say about this before we dive into the details 
and those subtle nuances of this song and its structure. Because this song was never performed live. Super sadness. And I only have a handful of other facts, critique, to dive into, but let's do it now. So yeah, just to reemphasize the importance of contributions, instruments played by the boys. John contributes both acoustic and electric guitar with Brian filling in additional lines for the latter and at a gorgeous, epic level. (laughs) Seriously, what he does here is pretty insane and amazing, and I love it. It's the only song on jazz without any vocal harmonies, and that, I think, creates this very intimate storytelling atmosphere with Freddie isolated on lead vocals. And because of this, it actually reminds me a bit of my melancholy blues from the previous News of the World. Of course, that's the closing number on the album. And if I might add, one of my favorite Freddie vocals as well. So for the exact same reasons I adore his delivery in my melancholy blues, I love it here as well. A little bit of band critique for you stumbled upon this. In the Boston Globe in 1978, Brian once referred to the guitar break in this as the biggest arrangement they'd done to date and claimed it was done in a night at the opera style. I can't say that is untrue at all. When I think about the elaborate arrangements of what Brian accomplished as a guitarist on A Night at the Opera. And that's exactly why I gave A Night at the Opera to Brian as the man who stole my attention the most. He does things on that album that I still cannot believe. Good Company in its entirety is a perfect example of his innovation as a guitarist and his vision and creativity as a guitarist. And here he's kind of done similar surprising things. He made a guitar sound like a sitar on this album, Jazz, with Jealousy. And he's doing this kind of string arrangement approach here in in only seven days. So yeah, I would say Brian is, I mean, he worked on these songs with the rest of the guys. He would know better than anyone that this song's arrangement on guitar is quite elaborate and quite lush and gorgeous. As far as critics, though, I have nothing bad to say about this. And I I think that speaks to the beauty of this song, the purity of the song, and how wonderfully crafted it is. Because even contemporary, contemporary reviews, retrospective reviews, everybody, whenever they do write or talk about this, it's generally lots and lots of praise. Fans call this a, I've read all kinds of things, gorgeous, lovely pop number from the boys and totally unexpected in the best way, like a palate cleanser, right? After that heavy, hardcore rock we've been digging into the last couple tracks, this is such a bright thing. In fact, I read some great comments from a fellow mega fan, Adam Harkis of The Blogging Musician regarding the entire jazz album attitude, that it's one of a music hall of yesteryear with danceable, lively numbers. And this song, even in its soft state, exudes that nostalgia. I really loved reading his whole write-up, actually. It was fantastically done. 
So let's dive right into the breakdown of In Only Seven Days, and I'm going to indulge in this simply because there's not a whole lot else to say, and I wish there was. Again, why didn't they play this live? I get it. It's hard to choose songs for the stage. It's really hard. You want to choose songs that people know. And of course, generally speaking, people there are going to know a lot of your work. But you want to focus on the rousing numbers that are catchy and singable and perhaps very experimental. That's why we got medleys and we got these long expanded arrangements of things like, you know, the prophet song with white man and things like that. Very experimental with these kind of psychedelic breakdowns. But generally speaking, you have to stick to the stuff that people are going to enjoy. And perhaps this one, who knows, maybe John didn't want to do it live. Maybe it was just this unanimous decision. Well, it's a beautiful song, but it's, it's not going to fit on the set list. I don't know their reasons. I can only guess another question I would have for Brian and Roger if I ever got the chance to talk to either of them. But this song is gorgeous. Reverb drenched arpeggios that dance and sparkle that piano. I'd say it's one of the happiest and most joyful intros we get from the guys. A simple intro that warms us up. And when the drums and the bass and Freddie all chime in, Freddie is on the seventh and the bass is on the tonic. That tension creates this anticipation. We can almost assume Freddie will glide to the tonic and he does. Monday, start of my holiday. The way Deke glides up from the fifth to the sixth at the end of that phrase, in fact, his entire performance on bass here is as impressive and delicate and interesting as ever. Roger crashes again, so dramatic and bright. I have to mention the acoustic guitar. That's also John, remember? It's blended beautifully with the piano, layered with those harmonies that create a twangy accent of sound. The seventh chords here, they're everywhere beautiful. Feels good to get away. Oh, this is so special and breezy and easy, but impeccable. Into the next phrase, the same patterns. One, two, three, one, two, three, one, two. That rhythm, that compounded rhythm, catchy as the notes arrive and the chord changes occur on each one of those counts. Syncopated, but something you can sway and dance to. Tuesday, saw her down on the beach. Everything is wrapped up, totally locked in. It's kind of nice to hear the boys all shifting in unison on those phrases. Even the crashes of percussion happen in sync. And those chord changes are rousing and cheerful, optimistic. Ah, there are moments this acoustic reminds me of who needs you. Maybe it's the breeziness of it. There are a lot of previous numbers that come to mind, actually. And this is so simple. In a way, when I sing it, it it's so simple, but incredibly gorgeous. Then before the next phrase, and we get to Wednesday, Brian appears. There you are, Brian. Those lush, rich harmonies of guitars, so orchestrated like strings, soaring. 
Wednesday, I didn't see her. I hoped that she'd be back tomorrow. The piano here is like a jazz hall feature. I love it. The guitars surround us like aching violins and cellos. And throughout all of this, Roger is keeping time, but it's so much more than just creating a beat. There's always something about his touch and his innate ability to know how to do it. Same thing with John's bass. Yes, this is John's song, so it has that extra special something. But he's oh so present at just the right moments, otherwise blending brilliantly into the mix. Thursday, this phrase is where the magic happens. That bridge, the arrangement changes, and it's almost cute. And then on Thursday... My luck had changed. She stood there all alone. I went to ask her name. The earlier verse arrangement is back with lighter touches, muted or missing electrics, and a crooning Freddie as he sings this. I haven't even mentioned how gorgeous his tone is. That pureness, that brightness, that hopefulness, some flatted notes for a sentimental feel. I love when Freddie goes here and gives us such a round, swooning delivery. The arrangement in this moment. I never thought that this could happen to me. First of all, it's new in the song. It surprises us. The emphasis of the beats, the syncopation. This is where a lot of the rhythmic surprises are. Moments of measures in 5-8. It should feel off-kilter and disorientating. But it's lovely and totally natural coming from the boys, especially in this arrangement. That's their magic, and it creates a dreamlike feel into the next part of the bridge. This is the moment Brian was talking about with all of these sweeping, rich guitar harmonies and they're everywhere. They're floating, we're floating. Without Freddie's voice, John and Brian give us a balance of bass and guitars, both acoustic and electric, that it tugs on our heartstrings. The piano is that glitter, that dust, the cherry on top. This is really a goosebump moment all of these layers of guitars, and it's one of the highlights of the jazz album. Brian's genius on his red special. It's brilliant. I wish Friday would last forever. One more verse, one more time. Saturday, just 24 hours. Oh no, I'm going back home on Sunday. And what was once bright and hopeful suddenly becomes tarnished, melancholy, thoughtful, and sad. And with one more relaxing phrase of guitars and piano and drums and John's ever-present, ever-fantastic bass, we slow into the outro. I'm so sad, alone. Freddie's falsetto. Oh, that acoustic, those chords trickles down. The cymbal swells. Beautiful. This is beautiful. It is. It's so cute and sweet. And when you think about what we've got from the boys before, this is something that I think is such a special one-off that only John could bring us. John is more about the soul and the pop arrangements. A little bit jazzy too, yes. But that's what he contributes. That's what he brings. And if we didn't have him, not to mention his incredible bass playing, if we didn't have him in Queen, I cannot even imagine what facets we would be missing. 
all of the boys have, throughout the entirety of the band's catalog, played such a crucial role in the development of their sound and their diversity as a band. And here we have John firmly set in a very poppy, relaxed vibe. Yes, kind of reminiscent of Who Needs You? And Freddie's versatility as a vocalist to bring so much tenderness and sensitivity. In some ways, it reminds me of his performance of You Take My Breath Away, which of course is my favorite ballad from him. So we have all these wonderful elements of each of the guys. We have Brian contributing these incredible layers of guitars that create a whole orchestra. We have Roger on this cymbal Latin arrangement that seems so simple, but it's incredibly magical. We have John on his bass and guitar jiving away with this instinctive, innate talent. And then we have, of course, Freddie, not just crooning those beautiful lyrics, but also playing that bright, sparkling piano. Every element here is so important and perfectly nuanced. And I'm geeking out about it because this is a special song. And I'm glad it was the B-side on Don't Stop Me Now. I'm, I'm glad they chose this to give it a little bit more visibility, to give people a little bit more flavor of what the guys were capable of. Because yeah, even though they're singles, whether they charted well or didn't chart well, their singles very well showcased just how incredibly dynamic they were. But I think when you add these B-sides that add even more flavor to it, as even a big fan, you can go, wow, this is so great. And I do honestly think this is one of the best kickback, relaxing, chill out queen numbers you're going to find. If, if I was going to make a queen chill compilation, this would certainly be in that collection in only seven days. It's such a sad song at the end of it, truly. I mean, that last lyric, I'm so sad alone. Freddie, and we feel it too, because Freddie is so good at emoting like that. He's so good at expressing these different emotions. Angst, fear, aggression, passion, tenderness. Freddie can do all those things. We've heard him evolve so much as a vocalist from the earliest albums to now. And I've always loved his tone, but he's refined it so much and his control is so good. He knows how to use his voice and he does it so well in this song. But really guys, of course, this is John's number. He puts that magic in there. He gives it that sensitivity and that poppiness that is distinctly deaky. And I love it. In only seven days, I think we've only got, what, four or five more tracks to go? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. This is one of my favorite albums from the boys, and we're getting through it way too fast. Time goes way too fast. I'm going to indulge and enjoy the next Queen Deep Dives, and I hope you guys do, too. Thanks for hanging with me and talking in only seven days. Check it out. Sit back and relax to this gorgeous number. I'll be back next time. Keep yourselves alive. And the next one's going to be fun too. I have been waiting to get to the next Queen Deep Dive, you guys. It's another special one-off. Not just when it comes to genre, but everything about it. 
It's a very unique song in their catalog. And my appreciation for it had an interesting ride. And I'll talk about that as I get into the details. But until then, next time, until then, next time, wow. I'm ahead of myself. Until then, have a great day, evening, kick it. And I'll talk to you guys next time. (laughs) 